0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that a younger product? It's to be Jeff. The green rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable.
1: Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. Made sold
0: separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional
2: <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 257 Up the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. Sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello. And I am Jeff. Yes, I have to introduce myself now. Very good. You remember this week. I totally forgot it again last week and GBM called us on it again
3: called you on it i introduced myself well you introduced me and i said hello as i always do but you forgot to introduce yourself
2: yeah shit happens
3: well you know you should just put it at the top of your notes at the very top introduce yourself faith no more did a song about it introduce yourself
2: (laughs) scott what's going on man
3: well first off purple guava pear bang running through me this week very very good I wanted to bring up this week something on a positive note. We started out last week's show, unfortunately, with the talk about Zeus's or Tom Lister's passing. And pretty sad. But a little bit of good news came out this week. The Dark Knight, which, Jeff, you'll know is the 2008 Batman movie directed by Christopher Nolan. Yep. Dark Knight was selected for preservation in the U.S. National Film Registry by the Library of Congress for being, quote, culturally, historically, or aesthetically significant. And why am I talking about a Batman movie on the show? Well, if you've seen The Dark Knight, which I'm sure most of our listeners have seen, you'll recall that towards the end of the movie, Tom Lister, or as we all lovingly know him, Zeus, was in the film and actually played a pretty significant role. He didn't get a ton of screen time, but his role was pretty significant. So it's great to see a piece of film that Zeus was involved in being basically preserved and I'm going I can only assume because I don't know exactly what that means but if the earth catches fire they have to save that movie I think that's what it means it's like if your house is burning down you can only grab two things as far as I know if the earth is burning Dark Knight is one of the things they have to grab
2: that is not a Christmas movie
3: (laughs) Batman Returns might be though but that's a whole different subject Uh, nope okay that's your take but I just wanted to say we talked last week about Zeus's passing it was very sad but a little bit of good news comes right after that in that a film he was in received some pretty significant uh, recognition and deservedly. So it's outstanding. I actually watched it again the other night and just blown away. And of course, Heath Ledger stole the show, but it's great to see that Zeus was involved in a project that was recognized. And if the earth catches fire, they have to save that movie. So great news there. Something else I wanted to touch on we got a question, or I got a question specifically from Justin Summers last week regarding The Office. And Shannon called me out because I guess I only answered half of it. And I referenced a scene in The Office series finale. And she goes, you didn't even talk about some of your other parts that you loved in there. And I was like, oh yeah, I totally blanked on half of his question. So to kind of go back a week, if I can, Jeff, you can feel free to take a nap during this quick yeah. little mention.
2: Yeah, it's nap time right now. No, actually, I got to check fantasy football scores. I'm in the uh, playoffs and two championships. so I Okay, watch. well, good luck there. I'm going to pop on the Chargers Raiders game. Go for it.
3: Yes, go right ahead. So, and these are just real quick mentions. Everybody will know what I'm talking about when I say them. Kevin's chilly. What? Moe's running. What? Michael finally finding love in Holly. What? And Dwight liking hair metal specifically Motley Crue and Jeff, you'll recognize this one life of agony. Oh, whoa. Yes. Dwight blasted life of agony during one of the scenes. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's incredible. And then he proceeded to play another Motley Crue song in some part. Like he would blast hair metal before he went in to do a sale. It was great. And in the series finale, when he and Angela are doing their dance, they're dancing to Motley Crue's Angela, which I popped hair metal fan. That's me. But those are some of the other parts that really jumped out at me as favorites of the series. So just revisiting a question from a week ago. Thank you for indulging me.
2: Why doesn't anybody ever ask me about Knight Rider or anything like that? Well, maybe they will now. All right, let's talk Knight Rider. I don't remember <laughs> any of it.
3: Well, you know what? The roast of David Hasselhoff on Comedy Central. Kit showed up and roasted Michael.
2: Oh, that's right. The voice of Kit,
3: albeit very briefly. But yes, the voice of Kit roasted Michael. Wait, wait, wait. Voice of Kit? No, that was a talking car, dude. There was no voice of Kit. That was Kit. It was a car. It, Scott,
2: we'll have the talk later.
3: It's weird it sounded like the principal or the teacher from uh, Boy Meets World, but that might be a different story.
2: We may have to have the talk later, dude. The talk? The talk.
3: Um. Wait, Kane isn't really Undertaker's brother?
2: We got a lot to go into. Oh, man. Are you going to ruin Christmas? If anybody would like to get any of our shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or maneuver.net. If you check out fullyposablepodcast.com, you will see the writings of Corey Human over there. Corey has some great writings up there. We can't wait for his fourth writing to come in, but you guys can go check out all of his writings right now over at fullyposablepodcast.com, where you can also get some of our shows. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Opposable, Instagram Instagram, w f p. If you want to go back and listen to all of our podcasts and want to start at episode one and binge all the way up, head on over to Podbean, search Fully Posable. You can also do a Google search and you can listen to us right there. Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Scott, I don't have the iPod, so I can't read if there's any iTunes review.
3: It's okay. We're going to assume that it was a five star and it was a glowing review. Oh, sweet. Yes, we did it again, dude. Well done. High five.
2: Who did it come in from?
3: I believe this one was from gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. Okay. Who praised our selection of him as one of our AEW legends figures.
2: All right. I'll take it. Yes. And Jimmy says his Remco is his favorite.
3: Yeah. Well, you know, I would go Galoob, but Remco's a good answer too.
2: It's the cloth robe.
3: Yeah, it is. You're right. Okay. That one wins.
2: If you would like to send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all, send it on over to fully Posable WFP at... Gmail.com. Scott, why don't you hit up our buddies over at Foco?
3: Yes, Christmas is quickly approaching. Hopefully, you have all of your gifts. If not, you may want to do some expedited shipping through Foco.com. If you have a sports fan or a WWE fan that you're looking for a gift for, look no further than Foco.com. They've got everything sports and WWE bobbleheads available right now. Expedite your shipping. Hopefully, it comes in before Christmas. When you get to check out, code WFP10 is going to save you 10%. That's foco.com, F-O-C-O.com. When you get to check out, WFP10 is going to save you 10%.
2: Scott, a couple weeks ago, I said a Simpsons reference where Homer was in New York City, and I said he wanted a Sprite or crab juice. It's actually Mountain Dew. Senator Porcupine called me on that one. He goes, it was actually Mountain Dew. Or crab juice and Homer goes, Oh, give me crab juice. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Owen Anderson is going to be really upset by that one, dude.
2: He's not happy about that one. I can, I can hear him seething all the way from Chicago.
3: Yes. He's actually talking about doing a Mountain Dew podcast. That young man is a huge fan of Mountain Dew and he will not be happy with Homer. They might have some words.
2: (laughs) Also Scott. Uh, Regarding our talk last week regarding the Jazzware figures, we did get a message. It came in from Mark. Mark said, Jazzware's never said the chases were Walmart only. I don't know where Scott got that from. So if they're going out randomly, RSC was obviously going to get some. RSC was in a no win situation. I personally think offering them for 100, 200 was awfully generous when they're going for 400 to 1,000 on eBay. I think you've got to look at RSC as a local toy shop. Local toy shops aren't selling Chase Funkos for retail price if they're lucky enough to get them in. Uh, sorry if that was long-winded. I'm on so much caffeine right now for work that it would match your highest bang days. I don't think so, man.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like when Jeff drinks a whole can?
2: Oh, done for the day.
3: <laughs> Stomachache city.
2: So, Scott, that's Mark's rebuttal regarding sides passing out the chase figures. Now I do have to say Corey human did say that he actually got a chase John Moxley. He ordered the regular John Moxley and he actually received the chase John Moxley. I think that was the one of 500. He just got that in his, uh, in his box. So I think RSC kind of heard the gripes from the collectors.
3: Yeah. And I think that's the appropriate move going forward. And If I was mistaken on Walmart getting all of the chases, my apologies. I thought that's how it was supposed to go down. But either way, it's it's not right to have the mass brick and mortar retailer selling them for face value where the online, online retailer gets to sell them for four to five, maybe more times, the value that Walmart is selling them for. That's the part that really chaps me and doesn't rub me the right way at all. So if... The way moving forward is where they randomly insert those chase figures into a purchase. That's 100% the right way to do it. And kudos to RSC if that is the new way moving forward. It's not fair that one place gets to sell them for face value. The other one gets to mark them up. I think both sides, fair shake, all at random. That's absolutely the way to do it moving forward.
2: All right. That was Scott's response. Back to Mark.
3: It's official. market. It.
2: Wait, is that a pun on Mark's name?
3: Oh, no. Actually, it wasn't, but I guess maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you, Mark, for sending that in. And when I went on that rant last week, again, it wasn't to badmouth anybody. I just wanted to see it change moving forward. Again, if I was wrong about them saying that Walmart was getting all the chases, my apologies. But it doesn't change the fact about the selling value. So my apologies if I was incorrect, but I do like the way that RSC handled it moving forward with Corey Human getting a Chase Moxley. Just make it random. Then everybody's happy. It's the same shot as going to Walmart and maybe finding one on the pegs.
2: I think it was everybody assumed that they were going to go to Walmart. All the chases, all the variants. I think everybody just assumed it was going to go to Walmart because of Walmart being the main distributor.
3: Yeah. Well, that was the way I saw it for series one.
2: I think a lot of people saw it that way as well. But if they technically didn't say, quote unquote, the chases will be at Walmart, I kind of see his point because They didn't say they were going to be at Walmart, but when you say all the figures are going to be at Walmart, we kind of just, okay, we assume that they're all going to be at Walmart.
3: Right. And no, thank you, Mark, for sending that in. Like I said last week, too, I knew that there was going to be a counter argument to that. So I appreciate Mark sending that in, setting the record straight if that is the case that they weren't supposed to be Walmart only. And I do like... The fact that they're mixing it up. If you order one, you could get a chase. So that's totally fair, especially now because in the news, we're going to be talking AEW figures. Spoiler alert. Oh, we are? (laughs) Oh, we are.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Scott, did you do any toy spotting?
3: Well, technically, no, I didn't buy anything. But I did get in my, speaking of RSC, got in my RSC Black Friday order, which was the Elite Bailey, Viking Raiders, Rocky Johnson, And Io Shirai. And Jeff, I'm going to put you on an island because I looked at the Io. Okay. It's outstanding. I I, I don't dispute that at all. It is outstanding. But I don't think it's better than the Nia Jax. Really? Yes. And I'm a huge Io fan. She is incredible. I love the figure. I really do. I'm even willing to put it at, like, number two. All time. I I just don't think it's better than the Naya. That's just personal opinion, and that's the cool part about figures. It's all subjective, but I don't think it's better than Naya.
2: Well, I mean, your opinion's wrong.
3: (laughs) Says Macho Man, San Diego Comic-Con exclusive at number seven. But that's okay. Continue.
2: No, that was right. Hmm. Judges? That's the thing about figures, is that everybody has a different opinion. Like, for example, Soda Hunter said that the ultimate Charlotte is the best women's figure of all time. And you know, we're not going to dispute that because that's Soda's opinion. Oh, I wouldn't
3: dispute that at all. In fact, she spoiler, she made my list for 2020. She's on my top 10. It's an outstanding figure. Um, I would go so far as to put that one as a top 10 for sure of all time. But regarding you saying that the EO is the best of all time, I love where you're going with that. I love your passion about it because I, I've always respected that about you. You're very passionate about your takes on things, even when you're wrong, like putting the Macho Man figure at number seven. Deserved but, it. <laughs> I would still put the Naya deservedly as a first ballot Hall of Famer, best female figure of all time. So you've got EO, I've got Naya. They're, look, the winner is us, right? We got two incredible female figures from Mattel, and we're gonna dispute which one is better. And they're both outstanding. So kudos to us for getting killer figures from Mattel.
2: A winner is you.
3: A winner is us.
2: (laughs) We are about to go into the five winners of the eBay gift card giveaway. Five winners were chosen. Each winner will get a $100 gift card. And joining me earlier was our father, Keith Toon. Let's get into it. Dad, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, son. How are you?
2: Doing well, doing well. Uh, Busy at work, but you know how life goes. Ah, that's why you make the big bucks? Uh, Well, let's just say the mediocre bucks. (laughs) (laughs) I got it. How's duck hunting going?
1: Uh, Duck hunting is very slow in California. Everybody's kind of singing the blues. Uh, A lot to attribute it to could very well be the closure of the Canada border. There's a lot of uh, California duck hunters that go up to Canada as well as across the United States and with the border being closed. And then uh, two months later, looking at it again and they closed it again. And then they looked at it again and closed it again. And then duck season came and everything was closed in Canada for anybody getting into Canada to hunt up there. So I'm sure as with the United States, that Canada took a very hard hit on their economy that is kind of shaky and devaluating against the uh, United States dollar. And the last time I looked, it was give or take a little bit right at 30 cents. So up in Canada, the US dollar is a dollar and up there it's a dollar 30. So um, I'm sure their, as I said before, their economy took a very bad hit.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. You know what's funny is now that it's Christmas time, we're about a week away from Christmas, I always think of yours and mom's Christmas Eve parties that you guys always have. And I always remember that Scott and I would either A, be playing video games, B, socializing, or C, watching wrestling downstairs. But as soon (laughs) as Keith and Kevin came over you 3, Keith and Kevin and you would all go downstairs, we would get booted from the TV and you guys would pop on duck hunting videos and all you would hear is right, right 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 right. you know
0: that Yeah, that was
1: a Duck Commander Duck Dynasty off of um uh A&E Yep. So, yeah, that goes a <laughs> long ways back. My goodness, Jeffrey, total recall.
2: Oh, it. but it was funny because we would all be sitting on the middle tier because you guys have a three-story house. So we would all be sitting in the middle tier with Auntie Carolyn and uh, Cousin Jen and just everybody. And you three would be down there, and all you would hear is those hunting videos.
1: Yeah, and it breaks our heart this year because it would have been 50 years that we've had that tradition And um, mom and I, you know, getting up in age now, you know, we're kind of looking for that. And all of a sudden, the tradition at almost 50 years was broken in spirit only, but not in our hearts. And, you know, we've let everybody know that uh, while, in fact, it hurts our hearts to think that, you know, we're not continuing the tradition this year at the 50th. But, in fact, we have to put that aside by trying to keep everybody safe. And um, in doing that, it would we couldn't even tell you how we would feel if we knew that we insisted or put on the party and who wants to come comes and then somebody gets sick and we couldn't live with ourselves with that. So we had to put it aside and say we love everybody and, you know, we're thinking of you. And while it our 50 year anniversary for that party would not happen, it doesn't make it any less important to us. So. Yeah, I can certainly understand that, son.
2: Well, if you think about it, it took a literal pandemic to uh, break that tradition. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: I never thought of it on that fashion. But yeah, I guess that would be it.
2: <laughs> so, Dad, not also, it is Christmas time. Is there any fun Christmas memories that you have of maybe? you know mom finding a toy that scott and i were on the hunt for or anything like that you know mom was all excited she brought home and you're like hey keith check it out i got them the toy that they were after is there any one that really stands out to you
1: it really doesn't jeffrey because of the fact as to the way mom would do it as she would parade it all upstairs and kind of show it to me as she was going by up the stairs to put it all in the back bedroom and i would never see it because she had a great big santa bag for you, for Scott, to put all of this um, merchandise, if you want to call it that, or all of our love presents for you guys. And she would come down like Santa carrying it down the stairs, and I'd be taking it from her and carrying it down into the family room. So (laughs) I was, to be very candid with you, very surprised on some of the things that came out of those great big Santa bags. So uh, Mom very dutifully told me what she was doing. And I, it just went in the front door up the stairs and in that great big bag that you guys got. So yeah, <laughs> uh, but nothing sticks out. So all I remember is paper flying everywhere. And oh, this is the one I wanted. Where did you find this? How did you find this? I looked everywhere for this figure. And it, it just became a figure fest. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, between you and Scott, there must have been Twenty, thirty 30 figures that were sitting out there and the only ones that I really kind of keyed in on were, were Hulk Hogan and, and um, The Undertaker.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So other than that, I knew there were others, the multitude
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: of your figurines that were on top of each other and then you had the bendable buddies and yep. used to pull their arms out, out of the sockets and then pretty soon the, <laughs> the material that it was made out of got stiff and you tried bending it again, and then the whole arm had come off, and <laughs> tried gluing it on, and just, nothing ever worked. It was broken.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was telling the story last week on the show. I still remember waking up early. You and Mom would go downstairs. You wouldn't let us come downstairs. Uh, nope. And you and Mom would meander through the kitchen and get your toast and get your coffee, and you guys would take your time and i'm sitting at the top step and i'm like oh my god come on but the, i
1: remember that sitting at the top of the stairs yes i do
2: but the other <laughs> the other obstacle i had was uh, sleepyhead going on in the other bedroom. Scott wanted to sleep in till 10 o'clock. I'm like, dude, it's Christmas. You can take a nap.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you were up at 530 and Scott didn't get up till usually 11. Yeah. Exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. There was a little discrepancy there.
2: The funny thing is, is it's still that way till today?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I know that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but I'd still remember, I mean, to this day, you and mom both make Christmas a lot of fun and just you both outdo yourselves to make Christmas fun, and our as our family has grown with Shannon and Peyton and Ilana and Celeste, you know, you guys have still made Christmases special. So we That's, thank you for that. Well, you're
1: gonna get me teary-eyed here, but don't um, you,
2: Ric Flair? This <laughs> no, I'm
1: trying not to.
4: <laughs>
1: yeah, um, Jeffrey, it's it's what we, your mom and I, pulled together. Um, uh, again, as i said, I think even on the last podcast, it's, it's a lot easier to pull a rope than it is to push it. And if your mom and I had a disagreement or, or we didn't see eye to eye on things, we would take that away from you boys and settle it among ourselves so that we were united front to you and Scott. And that's the way we conducted ourselves in, in our soon to be 50 year marriage. Was based on what we felt was best for our family and especially our children.
2: There were a lot for of decisions. For everybody that... listening
1: to this, always remember: you never turn your back on your family. Always face things head-on with your family. It's a very strong unit when you are all pulling from the same side of the rope.
2: And you guys always made the best decisions for the family, you know. uh, Obviously, Scott and I are going to make decisions that...
1: Oh, absolutely, without question. Yeah, but you guys (laughs) always... You know you are my favorite son, right?
2: (laughs) We won't tell Scott.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, no, I I would expect Scott to know that you're our favorite son. (laughs) Now, we certainly wouldn't say that to Scott.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or the people listening. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Dad, you have done it again. You are making five people... Their Christmas is extra special this year. So, the random Twitter draw chose five names, and I thought I'd have you on again to announce those five names. So, why don't you uh, go ahead and announce the first person.
1: Okay, to everybody listening, it is absolutely my honor, and I am so gratified that my son would come to me and allow me to do this. And to all of you listening, here we go. At... Chaos underscore theory pod.
2: That is the first winner. You have seven days to hit us up. Slide into our DMs. Dad, would you like to announce the second winner?
1: The second one, Christopher Dean. D-E-A-N.
2: He will be messaging me Sunday. Congratulations, Christopher. We're happy for you. Dad, why don't you go ahead and announce the third?
1: At three, count Figs.
2: That is the third winner. And fourth?
1: Like my son's dog's name, Keith, uh, has a dog named Cody. This is Cody Baker at Bake underscore O5.
2: And last but not least?
1: And John, if I've mispronounced your last name, I apologize. But it's John Zy... Z-A-I at John Zai one.
2: Congratulations to all five winners. As I said earlier, you have seven days to slide into our DMs to claim your $100 eBay gift card. Just slide into the DMs. We'll We'll get your information. We'll get that gift card out to you, brought to you by the benefactors. Thank you so much for doing this. Dad, you made their Christmases extra special this year.
1: Well, I, I'm sure that all of you that are listening and were part of the recognition of making a soon-to-be 80-year-old man extremely heartfelt, warm-hearted as to what you did for me on a personal basis by getting me the chair and the things that you did. Um, I, I can't tell you what that meant to me. And so many times as you say things in life, um, you don't know how your words have meanings. And in some way, shape, or fashion, um, Randy Smith picked up on that, and my understanding was kind of leading the parade on that. And for everybody that contributed, I can't tell you what you did for me. And all those that maybe weren't financially able to, but had good thoughts for me, again, I can't thank you for that. And I don't want to Rick Flair it because (laughs) I can feel myself starting that, but um, the emotions you saw in that video were very real. I was taken back by your audience, Jeffrey, and, and the people listening. And I will never, ever forget that in my life. And I just want to thank everybody listening for what you did for me on a personal basis. Thank you so much for that, everybody.
2: Well, if it makes you feel even better, we had people messaging us after we had gotten the funds to get you the chair. We had people messaging us after saying, hey, how do we contribute? So there was even more people that wanted to contribute. And we are like, already got the money. We already went over, which we donated to the California wildfires. More people wanted to put in for your chair, dad, because of the heartfelt that you do for doing these gift cards, doing these giveaways. You know, you don't know the people that won. but No, I don't.
1: And you know what? It doesn't matter because they're an extension of you, Jeffrey, you and Scott, and that warms my heart. Well, And I know everybody is responsible and will do what they feel necessary with the contribution. So um, just as I gave it to you and you are most graciously giving it out to your audience, That, again, warms my heart for my sons.
2: What you're doing for the show means a lot to us, means a lot to the winners. And I know the people that didn't even win. They're grateful for everything that you're doing just for the show.
1: Just remember, everybody that's listening, don't let anybody deter you from what you're doing. In your heart, if you feel you're doing right, don't let anybody tell you you're doing wrong. That's all I wanted to say, son.
2: Well... We definitely thank you, Dad, and Merry Christmas to you, but I will be seeing you on—spoiler uh, alert—I'll be seeing you on Christmas Eve. Got it. I'm going to be stopping by there before I head out to the uh, Celeste Little family thing they're having. So
1: I understand, and I just want to tell your audience, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and that you're loved, and don't ever forget that
2: yes they are dad thank you so much for coming on and having a little chat and giving away these gift cards and again to the winners seven days
1: well the good news is i plan to do it a couple of more three times this coming year so um that's something to look forward to and i leave it in your hands jeffrey to plan it and when it happens and to know that uh you'll be doing that for the following year.
2: Absolutely. Are you saving money like we are from uh, not going anywhere from the pandemic? <laughs> uh,
1: no. Oh. <laughs> I, just know, I just know that uh, I want to support your endeavors. And if that translate into, translates into your audience, Jeffrey, that warms my heart.
2: Well, all of us, thank you, Dad. And Dad, I love you. I'm gonna be seeing you here shortly for Christmas Eve, so
1: I love you with all my heart, Jeffrey, as I do, Scott, and all my sons, and-
2: thank you. we love you guys too, for everything you do for us, and yeah, that's an understatement what you guys do for us, so anyways, Dad, we love you, Merry Christmas, I love you, son. love you too. bye bye, everybody, Scott, I kid you not, dude. I told Dad, don't Rick flare this. I said, <laughs> do not Rick flare this, and guess what he did he Rick flared it. <laughs>
3: So we've both told him, don't you Ric Flair, any Ric Flair's anyway. Dad loves to nature.
2: By the way, for anybody that is listening, when we say don't Ric Flair, that means don't cry because every time you see Ric Flair on TV or in an interview, he's crying. So I do want to congratulate the five winners that won the five $100 eBay gift cards. You guys have seven days. You guys know the rules. This is the same rules we've been doing for every single giveaway. You guys have seven days to hit us up. you got to slide into our DMs on Twitter and say, hey, I won. And then we'll get your information and we'll get that eBay gift card over to you. So congratulations to the five winners. Also, a big thank you to our father and our mother for putting up those eBay gift cards.
3: Congratulations, guys, and thank you, benefactors.
2: Thank you so much, Mom and Dad. We love you. Scott, we do have a little bit of news. What do you say we jump into it?
3: Let's talk about it.
0: Oh, you're going to learn today.
2: Scott, in the news, Pro Wrestling T's next micro brawler was up for 24 hours. It was Big Van Vader with the helmet on. It was his Japan look, because you could tell by the outfit that he was wearing, because he used to wear that all the time in Japan. So that micro brawler was up for 24 hours.
3: Yeah, I wonder if that's going to be like the big thing with them moving forward on the micro brawlers. Things are pretty popular. They do have secondary market value. They're highly collectible, as we talked about with the Owen Hart one that was up for all of about three minutes and completely sold out. They only did 250 of them. This one, they're leaving it up for 24 hours. However many get ordered, they're going to fill all orders ship them out, but only for 24 hours. It's really getting to the point where you really want to follow these guys' social media. Cause all of a sudden it just popped up on my Facebook feed out of nowhere. It was like, boom, here it is. Order it. Uh, they did kind of give a heads up that it was coming, but it was pretty quick. So it really does pay to pay attention to these guys' social medias. And that goes into Jason Wolf as well, who does the custom Hasbros. If you're interested in those, you got to follow his social media to know when they go on sale
2: them doing that for 24 hours is a lot better than just releasing 250 of them and then calling it a day
3: yeah for sure it'll also give them an idea of the popularity of their line too right like you get a big name you see how quickly they sell or how many you sell do we want to do a 24 hour window do we do want to do it like a production cap um, we'll see moving forward I hope they sell a ton of these things and this kind of becomes almost like not necessarily a flash sale we do need a little bit of a heads up But if you want to do a 24-hour window of nothing but pre-orders on a specific guy, if it's a big name like this, you got to imagine they're going to sell a ton of these things. But could you make it on a payday next time?
2: Scott, moving over to Funko. Amazon exclusive Boneyard Undertaker will, well, be an Amazon exclusive.
3: Yeah, great looking Funko Pop again. I'm not going to get it because I don't want to start going down that slippery slope of Funkos. Those things carry some pretty steep values. But uh, great-looking Funko Pop. They really captured Undertaker from that Boneyard match really well.
2: All right, Scott. Are you ready?
3: I think. Maybe. Well, it depends. What are we going to talk about?
2: Yeah, we're getting into AEW figures. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Man, these things, uh, we've really been talking about AEW a lot, haven't we? AEW Series 3. Young Bucks. They will be in blue and white gear. I love the gear on them. Unfortunately, the memes started flowing in.
3: Okay. I've got to say it. Did you see the one that had the picture of Nick Jackson?
2: And it was compared next to the Jack Nicholson's Joker of Batman?
3: Yes. Now I can't done see it. Every time I see that Nick Jackson face, all I think is 89 Nicholson Joker. That's it. That's all I see. However, even with that said, these young bucks are better than the series one young bucks. I think the Matt Jackson is better. I think the Nick Jackson, even with Joker smile, is better. The outfits are fantastic. I think those are better. And this goes back to what I said. If you don't like series one, if you've got complaints, just wait. Because they're going to make more Young Bucks figures. I didn't know it would be already in two series. But I think that they're already getting better.
2: Are the Young Bucks comparable to John Cena?
3: Uh, You mean in terms of now we're just going to produce a bunch of the same guy? Yep. Well, look, we've, have we beat that horse to death already? You've got (laughs) to beat a dead horse again. (laughs) Um, You've got to do that. If you're a toy line, you've got to put your big sellers in. Not every series, but, and even not every other series, I wouldn't do that. But every fourth or fifth series, you've got to get your big names in there, right? So you've got to figure we're in the infancy of the AEW line. You're going to see a lot more Kenny Omegas, a lot more Jerichos, definitely a lot more Young Bucks. But if everyone gets better than the previous, I'm kind of okay with that. I think these are way better than series one. Again, my take on them. And I like these a lot better because of the space sculpts and the outfits. I think they're way better.
2: And one thing I do have to say is that the skin tones did look better on these figures compared to series one too.
3: Agree. Agree. Everything about them was better than series one. I like where uh, Jazzwares went with these young bucks. I really do. Even with Joker face.
2: <laughs> Next up, Pac. He will have an extra head with hair in front of his face. So picture Drew McIntyre with the hair in front of his face. That's kind of what the second Pac head looks like.
3: What do you think about the Pac sculpt?
2: It's not bad. Okay. It's okay.
3: That was my take on it as well.
2: The face seem elongated a little bit. Yeah. But it's, as I said, it's not bad.
3: I agree. Agree. This might actually be one where I kind of preferred the hair in the face sculpt.
2: Next up, Orange Cassidy, which look good. He has glasses, soft goods jacket, and the Orange Cassidy shirt where he just has that stoic look on his face. And his hands, like they showed in the renderings, can go in his pockets. He will also have extra hands in the packaging.
3: Man, you got to figure this one is going to be the hot one out of the set, right? Not counting chases, of course. That's a whole different animal. Right. This is the one a lot of people are going to be clamoring for. And did you notice, Jeff, that the t-shirt that he's wearing with just his face on it is actually sewn into the jacket?
2: I did not see that. Good catch.
3: It looked that way in the picture that I saw of just the jacket with the shirt. So at first glance, it looks like it's two pieces, the shirt and the jacket. But the picture that I saw... It looks like the front of the shirt is just sewn into the jacket. So it goes over him in just
2: one solid piece. Next up Darby Allen. He will have a skateboard with him. Darby will also have the one of 500 chase variant will be a different skateboard and he will have more body paint on him. A
3: pretty cool figure, dude, Uh, man, this is where you want to see the line going, right? I honestly don't have a bad thing to say about this figure. And being that it's going to be released in 2021, I can already say it's going to be at the top of my list for top 10 of 2021. It's outstanding and really shows what Jazzwares can do and what they're capable of. So while many had gripes about Series 1, a few about Series 2, it really seems like they're starting to hit their stride in Series 3 and they're making the changes that a lot of people griped about for Series 1. They're already making those changes for Series 3. This figure is top-notch. It's outstanding. I could not find anything to complain about. High, high marks for Jazzwares on this Darby Allen, both the chase and the regular figure.
2: And Scott, you're going to say it about the Rio figure too, right?
3: I might go polar opposite on this one, dude.
2: Oh, is that what you're going to do?
3: <laughs> I can. I'm already picturing the figure. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but anyway, go ahead. I talked about the memes flying. Yes. Rio will have a women's title, regular one. She has a ecstatic face, um, ecstatic look on her. (laughs) What are you laughing about over there? Why the long face? She will have a one of 1000 where she has a stoic face and also same. She has the women's title with her. All right, Scott, have fun.
3: (laughs) Um, Look, (laughs) we've all seen the memes, dude. I don't need to go into it. (sighs) Okay, I just raved about Darby Allen, right? I'm not going to say anything about this figure. It comes with the women's title, and that's awesome.
2: Oh, you're not going to say anything?
3: No. I'm, I'm just going to leave it alone. I would imagine they're already taking a beating over it. It's not great. Okay, let's just be perfectly honest. It's not great. I'm not a fan of it. I'm not going to purchase it personally, so I'm just going to leave it there. I'm not a fan. That's. I'll, I'll leave it right there. The rest of the assortment, great. I would say... Pac is just okay, but the Bucks, outstanding. Even with Joker face, dude, leaps and bounds better than series one.
2: They have some work to do on these figures.
3: And to be, that's understandable.
2: But they are getting better. They have more work to do though.
3: Oh, and I think Jeremy would be the first one to tell you that. And that's what's great about him is he sees the criticisms and he's already fixing it by series three. That's outstanding. Series two was very, very strong. Very solid. Series three, we've talked about the Bucks. The Pock, no hair in the face. uh, It's just okay. Hair in the face, I'm not a real big fan of those sculpts, but I kind of prefer that one to the no hair in the face. The Pockets figure is outstanding. Being able to put the hands in the pocket, come on. Incredible. Well done, Jazzwares. Well done. From top to bottom, that Orange Cassidy figure, you've got to figure he's going to be the hot one in the series. Everybody wants one. He looks great, especially with the shades on. Well done. Kudos, Jazzwares. But the standout for me, honestly, is the Darby Allen, And that for me right now, out of all the Jazzwares AEW figures that have come out, that one to me is the gold standard. That is what all other AEW figures should aspire to be, is as good as that Darby Allen, both the Chase and the regular. I can't say enough good things about it. Just based off of the images that I've seen, Already a contender for greatest figure of 2021. Outstanding. And I don't have many comments about the Riho figure. I'm just going to leave it alone. Okay. wait, wait, wait Okay. I got one. Wait, wait, I, I got, I got hold one. On. Can,
2: I, can I get mine one first? Yes, please do. Are we going to put her into the hall of shame next year? And <laughs> she hasn't even come out? <laughs> 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 okay.
3: So you look at what we've put into the hall of shame so far. Uh, right. Like, El, And now El- we're putting,
2: huh? lj and rick rude
3: yeah doom galoob
2: doom galoob vibrating figures y-
3: yes and then now you're gonna lump Riho, and she hasn't even been released yet Perfect. i don't know that that's a fair assessment for the hall of oh, fame
2: dude this rendering says it all dude <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay the one of kevin McAllister showing shock <laughs> at the picture and then it zooms in on the picture <laughs> and it's the Rios real- like ecstatic face. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I lost it. And then there's the one. Okay. I only said one, but I'm going to go two. then there was the wonder years one where it's Kevin (laughs) Winnie. And then the, uh, Marilyn Manson as a kid, but it's (laughs) Riho.
2: Dude, that wasn't Marilyn Manson.
3: (laughs) Okay. If you say so. No, I know (laughs) it wasn't Marilyn Manson.
2: (laughs) Oh man. Okay. We got our laughs in.
3: (laughs) We did look. It's I guess it's hard to do women's figures because we kind of rip Mattel all the time about it, right? Like they have yet to do a great looking Sasha, right? Correct. They've, they've nailed Nia Jax. It's very hit or miss with Mattel. You know, they do a great job with Natalia, with Nia Jax, with Io Shirai. But man, some of the Becky figures that they've come out with, some of the Sashas, you're like, man. But I will say Mattel is really turning the corner. That Bailey Elite 80, wow outstanding. So we all know that Jazzwares has some kinks in the armor that they're working out. And hopefully the women's figures now they've only done two right to their, to their credit. They've only done two. You've got to assume they're going to get better. All of these things that you're seeing now, and they're only on series two right now, series three is yet to be released. They're only going to get better. I know I keep saying that, but it's true. You've got to give the line time to breathe a little bit, get its footing, work out the kinks, And it's only going to get better. We already see it with the Young Bucks, my opinion. Way better than Series 1. So a lot of faith in Jeremy, a lot of faith in Jazzwares. And I think that that faith is restored when you look at that Darby Allen.
2: It can only go up from here, Scott.
3: It really can. And it seems like they're already starting to hit their stride. And then you see Riho and you're like, okay, there's still work to be done. And that's okay. That's okay. You look at that Darby Allen, you're like, okay, that's what they're capable of. You look at the Orange Cassidy and the new Young Bucks and you're like, okay, that's what they can do. So very, very promising 2021 for Jazzwares. I'm looking forward to seeing everything that comes out from them next year.
2: Scott, there's an update to the New Japan figures. Brian Flynn of Super 7 said, the figures are leaving the factory in January. So in hand, most likely will be February.
3: Fantastic. We've been waiting since what?
2: September, October? No, because we pre-ordered in November of
3: 2019. Yes, that's... A long time, a long yes. time. Of course, all things considered, it is what it is. So I'm just super excited to have that Okada figure in hand. Seeing how good that Andre is from Super 7, I could just imagine how good these NJPW figures are going to be.
2: And Scott, last but not least, the Ultimate Warrior ringside exclusive. It was shown on card. It's going to have the Ultimate Warrior logo cutout in the front of the packaging. It will be his look from WrestleMania 12. We've all seen the pictures. Looks beautiful.
3: It really does. It, Man, you see things like this, and especially when you're at the event, it carries that extra weight. So I was already going to buy this figure regardless, but the fact that we were there at WrestleMania 12, Jeff, we saw his return to the WWF, and how good the figure is, it's a no-brainer. I know you're going to purchase one. I'm definitely going to purchase one. From top to bottom, packaging, everything included, just outstanding job by Mattel on that Warrior.
2: Scott, that rounds out the news. No other toy news from you?
3: No, I didn't really see anything this week. Um, one thing is a quick note: Hasbro is releasing ten-inch versions of Classified Duke and Snake Eyes, and they also did a Storm Shadow that almost kind of looks like the three-zero figure package or the the three-zero figure outfit. Uh, they did ten-inch versions of those they're affordable it's nothing crazy like the three zero sculpting and posability and all that um so there's some 10 inch gi joes that have hit pegs apparently or shelves but that's not real big news for the classified line so no nothing real big to report i didn't really see any big news this week from anybody
2: scott that rounds out the news i think it's time we get into the listener segment we say we go talking to them
3: let's go talk to them and i just want to hear from my people tell me can i hear from my people just want to hear from my people, and I just listen to the listeners.
2: Scott, our first audio comes in from my biggest fan, the man that looks up to me. The man who, when I said Jingle All the Way was a terrible crime movie, he was like, he's right, Justin Summers.
3: Oh, I'm sure he said that. Okay, let's get to this audio. I hope he rips you a new one.
4: Hello, Scott and, um... Jeff, this is once again, Justin Summers from the Wrestling Cheers podcast with my weekly question. My first question is for Jeff. How dare you? How dare you talk bad about the Cleveland Browns? Why must you create enemies with husky, handsome guys with magnificent red beards born in the state of Ohio? I think you have a problem. In all seriousness, kind of stemming from the sports talk, I want to know if you have any pieces of sports memorabilia and what is your favorite pieces if you do. For me, I basically have two and they're both autographs from the same player. And that would be Cleveland Brown legend at this point, Josh Cribs. I have a signed jersey of his that I used to wear all the time, actually signed twice And I just recently received a autographed Josh Cribbs helmet. Before I get to the story on how I got the helmet, I will say eventually I'm going to display them together. I just don't know how right now. I don't necessarily have the space. I don't necessarily have the money offhand, but it's something I do want to create a really cool display piece for this helmet and jersey. The story of how I got it. I am what they call a... Browns backer and there are Browns backers bars across the country and even throughout the world at my local Browns backers where we go to this bar and we watch Browns games we had a raffle to win this helmet I spent 20 bucks on raffle tickets and unfortunately I actually lost the person who did win turns out didn't really want it and a friend of mine offered them money for it And then they gave the helmet to me because they knew I really wanted it. Other than that, not necessarily a piece of sports memorabilia, but something that I have for four of my teams, and two of them are in the NFL, but I have personalized jerseys for the Cleveland Browns, Chicago Bears, Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Calgary Stampeders of the CFL. Before I go, and before we get to Christmas I would just like to say how grateful I am to have found this community. For those who don't know, I first started participating and listening to this show after everything that happened with the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. I will openly say I am a major mark, but I believe in positivity. I believe in uniting. And when all that was going down, I did my best to understand more about this community, the community as a whole, the one fig community, which the idea of it I love as a whole. The FIG community is huge, and there are many different sections. Some that might get along, some that might not. I look at it as pillars. There are so many different pillars, and I don't even listen to all of the podcasts out there. I believe in supporting small podcasts like myself, and understand that I am very grateful that I have. I might not have picked up many listeners from my contributions here, but some of the interactions with people have been great, and I would like to take a moment to thank Jeff. As much shit I gave him at the beginning of this submission, Jeff had read that I tested positive for COVID a couple weeks back, and he private messaged me how I was feeling. And to me, that meant a lot. There's been great conversation and direct messages between myself and Jeff, and I'm very grateful. This is Christmas. This is the holiday season. And I hope everybody in the figure community gets what they want. I don't necessarily have anything that I want, but I'm grateful for so many of you, Scott and Jeff. Eric Brown and Barry Frost, and also Steve from the PPW Podcast. I have a lot of love and respect for the five of you. I'm happy our paths have crossed in 2020, and I hope in 2021 our friendships continue and grow. Much love and respect to all of you from the bottom of my heart. And as always, Scott and Jeff, sincerely, thank you for everything you do. And I will take my answer off the air. Later.
2: Justin looks up to me. (laughs) You're such a jerk, dude. (laughs) (laughs) um like justin said he's grateful that he found us then found steve and barry and eric you know we're grateful for justin as well uh justin sends in an audio each week that we look forward to just like jt we look forward to his question each week and everything that went down in july there was positives that came out of that and one of the positives was justin
3: Yeah, absolutely. And Justin, thank you for the kind words, man. That really means a lot. And as we often say, emails and messages like that, those are the things that really, really keep Jeff and I going. And I just want to thank you personally. Thank you for the questions every week. Thank you for the kind words, your friendship and your contributions to our show. I I can't even put a price tag on that or tell you how thankful I am for that. I just am very thankful that Out of everything that happened back then, our friendship came out of it. So from me to you, Justin, thank you for everything and thank you for your support.
2: Scott, I know you have some sports autographs.
3: Actually, dude, if I could just pick one, I've actually got a pretty cool story behind it. So my favorite ball player of all time is Don Mattingly.
2: Jose Canseco.
3: So Jose Canseco is 1A. So Mattingly and Canseco are my two favorites of all time. But if I had to put one over the other, Don Mattingly is really the reason I started watching baseball. Much like Jeremy Roenick is the reason I started watching hockey because of some of his cards that I had seen and playing as him in the NHL Sega Genesis games, developed a love for Jeremy Roenick. Don Mattingly and his baseball cards are what got me into baseball to begin with. And you would think that we grew up next to Oakland, so it would have been the Oakland A's. That would have been very close behind the love for Mattingly. So that's why Jose Canseco is my 1A. But getting to Don Mattingly, been a fan of Don Mattingly forever, huge Yankees fans, I know I can hear the booze already, but I had worked for a flooring company starting in 1997 and switched companies a couple of times, ended up with another flooring company, and we used to have these reps that had come in and they would sell us carpet and hardwood and vinyl and all these other different flooring surfaces. Anyway, I did a favor for one of our higher end carpet reps. And because I did him this favor, he's like, look, you let me know what you want. If you want to go to lunch, whatever it is, I'll take care of you. Well, he had told me a story about a month or two previous to this, where he had gone to a San Francisco Giants game because the pitching coach for the Dodgers, former Oakland athletic Rick Honeycutt gave him like on field passes. Really good friends with the pitching coach of the Dodgers. The head coach of the Dodgers at that time was Don Mattingly. So to rewind a little bit, previous to this conversation, his name was Doug. Previous to this conversation with Doug, the Christmas before that, mom had given me a really nice numbered, because Yankees jerseys don't have names on the back. Don't ever buy one if you're a Yankees fan. Don't ever buy one with the name on the back. It's not a name on the back. It's just a number. She got me a really nice, numbered, pinstriped Don Mattingly jersey. Beautiful. And she said, I want you to do everything you can to get this signed. Because she knows how big of a Mattingly fan I am. Gave me the jersey of Christmas, says, I want you to get this signed. I'm like, okay, sure. (laughs) When am I going to see Don Mattingly? I was like, show up at Starbucks one day, you'll randomly be there. (laughs) Major coincidence. Probably, I think this was in May. Doug goes... Let me know what you want for hooking me up on this favor. I really appreciate it. Whatever you want, it's yours. I said, Doug, you're not going to believe this, but I'm a huge Don Mattingly fan. I go, the next time the Dodgers are in town and Rick Honeycutt hits you up and gives you tickets, could you please take my Mattingly jersey and get it signed? He goes, are you serious? I go, yes. And then I told him the story about the jersey and he goes, all right. All right. Give me a FedEx box with a return shipping label on it. Throw the jersey in there. Throw a Sharpie in there. Give it to me and I'll see what I can do. So the next week, as instructed, FedEx box return label, silver Sharpie and a Mattingly jersey. Get handed off to Doug. Probably two months later, I get the FedEx box back. Open it up. Inside the box, my silver Sharpie and my signed Don Mattingly jersey. Could not believe it. Beautiful piece. And the following Christmas, mom got it shadow box framed for me. And for the longest time, it was hanging up downstairs since our remodel. It's now sitting in the garage, soon to go into the media room or media center. But not just yet, but that is the prized piece of my sports memorabilia collection.
2: You were a huge Don Mattingly fan when we were kids. Loved him, still do. And it was him and Jose Canseco. and Like you said, it was one in 1A.
3: Oh, for sure. There are posters of both in my room.
2: I do have autographs of sports players. I have a Jim Kelly autographed helmet, but I had to purchase that off of eBay. So I wasn't personally there when we got a sign. There are two stories that I have. The first one, there was a card signing. And at the time out here, the Giants had... Kevin Mitchell and Will Clark. Kevin Mitchell and Will Clark were signing at a card show in San Jose. Mom and dad drove me out to San Jose. I get up to Will Clark. Now I'm wearing the A's Giants split hat.
3: Which is a huge sin in our area.
2: It is. It is. A Joe Montana 49ers t-shirt and these Giants shorts that I had. Now Will Clark was my idol and we get up to Will and I put down, I think I had a card down the card will gets the card and he looks up at me and goes boy you're all screwed up kid like he says it because will clark had that voice you know yeah (laughs) kind of like that twang (laughs) yeah exactly and i thought it was the greatest thing anybody had ever said to me i was like i am screwed up this is awesome
3: yeah i called you screwed up all the time but he does it. oh my
2: goodness will clark said it oh yeah that you know i was a sheep (laughs) (laughs) but the other story and i'm gonna have scott go into this one there was a starting lineup day at the Oakland Coliseum and we got a Mark McGuire starting lineup.
3: So yes, they handed out so many to, I think it was like 10,000 or something like that to all kids attending the game ages. I think it was 10 and under. So I got one, pretended I was 10. You got one. We both got McGuire. So the big thing to do, if you were a kid before the game started and you got there during batting practice was run down to the A's dugout, or the opposing side if you wanted signatures over there, and wait for the players to come by and just hope that one of them would stop and sign autographs. So we run down, and we've both got this McGuire figure. And I think I had a, a black Sharpie or a ballpoint pen or something. And you and I got lucky, and we managed to get right in front like we were at the dugout. And if you've ever seen the Oakland Coliseum, the way it's set up for baseball is, they've got these huge concrete like overhangs over the dugout Probably about, what, six or seven feet long, Jeff, from the seat to the tip of the the concrete overhang?
2: If about that, yeah.
3: Yeah. So we're at the very front, and there's players coming by, nobody signing, nobody signing, and you and I are just kind of standing there. Out of nowhere, Maguire comes up, and he starts signing. And you and I kind of look at each other like, oh my gosh, are we going to get an autograph?
2: I'm going to stop you right there. So here's what happened. When Maguire came out, everybody rushed down to the dugout. So we got
3: kind of squished.
2: Scott got squished. So Scott is now turned sideways. Now I'm looking at Scott. I was like, dude, McGuire. So Scott reaches out and I'll have you go into it right there.
3: Yeah. And basically slid the starting lineup at him. Like I could have delivered a pretty serious paper cut to his face if he didn't catch it. <laughs> so he's got a black Sharpie and he's signing baseballs. He's signing cards and he's just throwing all this stuff back up the thing. He grabs our starting lineup, black Sharpie in hand, puts his Mark McGuire signature on there, slides it back up. I catch it, make sure not to touch the signature because it's wet Sharpie. And I turn and look at you like, dude, did that just happen? Like, (laughs) Young Scott and Jeff were just marking out huge because we had just gotten a Mark McGuire signature and we were in complete shock because we had tried how many times to get autographs and it never happened. But this magical day where we each get a Mark McGuire figure and he signs one of them. Oh my goodness. And we could have gotten any A, right? They had, in that year, I think they had like Jose Canseco, Carney Lansford. Walt Weiss. Yeah, I think there was Weiss, Terry Stein. Like they made a whole bunch of of A's. Terry Steinbach. Like I said, you name them, they made a starting lineup because the A's were huge that year. But we both got McGuire and McGuire happened to be the one that came up and just started signing and we got the McGuire starting lineup signed. It was an incredible experience. And another quick one too, We went to an Italian restaurant for my 16th birthday. Grandma and grandpa were big on taking us to birthday dinners. Everybody in the family. It was always a big to-do for birthday dinners. So we go to this Italian restaurant in Alameda, this place called Enrico's. And it was on the water over in Bay Farm Island in Alameda. We're sitting at dinner and we're just chit-chatting. And I was sitting next to mom. She leans over to me and she goes, Scott, don't make a big deal about this. But if you look over by the front door... Look who just came in. Dude, Mark McGuire had just walked in.
2: And everybody knows Scott. He does make a big deal of it.
3: I can't help it. And I think that's where it started because mom said, don't make a big deal. Well, I had to go the opposite. And I, I was cool.
2: I didn't. Well, okay. Yes, you were cool, but I should have gauged how you were going to be later on in life towards Koto Obushi and the Bray Wyatt.
3: <laughs> and Kane.
2: <laughs> and Kane. Sergeant Slaughter. Not so much Bradshaw.
3: No, I was cool with
2: Bradshaw. dog. Uh, Yes. Oh, yeah.
3: Jimmy Hart. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Anyways, go ahead.
3: So, Maguire walks in. And he's got a date with him. I don't know if that was his wife or what. Anyway, they put him at the table right next to us. So, I was already freaking out because Mark Maguire walked in. And Mark Maguire was a huge deal in the A's. Or on the A's back in the 80s and the 90s. They put him at the table right next to us. And I'm looking at mom. My eyes must have been as big as plates. Because she's like just eat your food, relax. What you're going to do is here's a piece of paper. And it was this little piece of scratch paper. She goes, here's a paper and a pen. Walk over to him and say, excuse me, Mr. Maguire, when you have a moment, would you mind signing this? And set it down next to him and then come back and sit down. Now, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't go up to a guy eating dinner, but I was 16. So I didn't really know that much better at the time. So I did just what she said. I walked up. He barely even acknowledged me. I said, Mr. McGuire, when you have a moment, would you mind signing this? And I set the paper and the pen right next to him. And I went back and sat down. Dude, I was watching him like a hawk.
4: I'm like,
2: (laughs) sign it.
3: Sign it. Come on, sign it. (laughs) And I think I was taking a bite of something. Mom's like, okay, honey, he signed it and he pushed it aside. Why don't you go get it? And so I went up and I said, thank you, Mr. Mr. I said, thank you, Mr. McGuire. Enjoy your dinner. And I went back and sat down and dude, I was like shaking. Yeah. And that is pretty much what kicked off my markouts when I see celebrities.
2: Mark saw you coming, he's all, Mark, 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 (laughs) Mark, Mark, Mark.
3: (laughs) He's like this freaking kid. Great. (laughs) Like I wouldn't interrupt a guy now when he's eating. I'd probably like wait outside or something. But 16 year old me just could not believe that in walked Mark McGuire out of all the restaurants around. He walks into that one and then he gets sat at the table literally right next to us. (laughs) He was like six feet away from me.
2: Okay, and I have to answer Justin's other question. I was not making fun of the Cleveland Browns. I would never, because I actually have respect for the Cleveland Browns. They are a small market team, just like the Bills, so I respect the Browns. So what happened, Scott, is I jumped on Twitter Sunday morning, and I was like, I will answer all your start, sit, who to choose in fantasy football. Oh, you were feeling strong. I was, dude. A question came in and said, should I start Baker Mayfield. And I said, going up against that Ravens defense, who's your other option? He goes, Lamar Jackson. I said, start Lamar. I wasn't bad mouthing the Browns. I was basically making a fantasy football decision. Like if I was looking at my screens and I had to choose between these two quarterbacks, who would I choose? That was my decision behind choosing Lamar Jackson. I was not making fun of the Browns.
3: So who ended up getting more points? Lamar Jackson. Okay.
2: And out of all the questions that came in, I only missed one.
3: Oh, that's not bad, dude. So you should probably do a podcast or (laughs) charge people money to call into a hotline.
2: Oh, yeah. 1 900 909 9900.
3: Something like that. Exactly. You know, how does anybody really hate the Browns? Honestly, like, I'm not even a football guy really, but like, to me, back when I did watch a lot of football, the Browns were always like that underdog team that you always kind of rooted for. And that's the way I look at them. Like their, their franchise got crapped on when they moved them out to Baltimore. I felt so bad for the fan base. They were so passionate. And then they get brought back and like you, you want to root for that team. At least the way I look at the Browns, you want to root for that team. You want them to do well. Like that fan base deserves a championship. They really do. Like as much as the Cleveland Cavaliers did, the Cleveland Browns way more so given how badly that franchise was treated by the original owner. But uh, that's just my take on it. And I know you disagree on the Cleveland Cavaliers, Jeff, because they did beat your golden state warriors,
2: but Uh, too soon, dude.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. But no, I, I definitely, I'm not a football guy, but I could never hate the Browns. Like that's a team. You're always like, okay, cool. The Browns won. Like you're never like, you don't hate the Browns. Like even if they played the Niners, I'd be like, Okay, the Browns won. That's cool. I'm not even upset. That's fine.
2: I think the only people that dislike the Browns are fans of the Ravens, Steelers, and Bengals.
3: Like everybody in their own division. Of course. That's that's division rivalry. I so I get that, but I can never hate the Browns, dude.
2: Justin, thank you for your audio. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you. I'll be tweeting that to you anyway, so.
3: Happy holidays, Justin. Thank you for the question.
2: We go from one smooth velvety voice to the next. We went from Justin, and now we're heading over to Rucker from Boot to the Face. see what Rucker's got to say.
0: Jeff and Scott, Merry Christmas. This is Rucker from Santana Garrett's favorite wrestling podcast, Boot to the Face. And I got two questions. One, you guys talk about all the time how you have certain items that you share that are kept between the two of you. So if you had a choice of one item to keep between the two of you, It's going to sound weird. One, you could be you could get Charlie Caruso or two. You could get that whack ass apple pie from Kako. Which one would you pick and why? Secondly, serious question. Um, With Sting signing with AEW, clearly Jazzwares has a opportunity. You know, everybody's talking about the Legends line. How would you feel about just an all-sting line to get released? Surfer Sting, Joker Sting, Crow Sting, Wolfpack Sting. Obviously, they can't go all out with NWO-themed Sting with the Wolfpack. But as far as Joker Joker and Surfer and regular Crow Sting and updated 61-year-old AEW Sting, you think people would be into something like that. Keep up the good work, man. Love listening to you. Uh, Merry Christmas again to you and all of the listeners of the longest episodic wrestling podcast or wrestling figure podcast. I'm sorry. No. Up. Now I got to start over because I can't say. No. Fully you can edit that part out. The longest episodic wrestling figure podcast in the world. Fully posable. Merry Christmas. Peace. <laughs> Rocker. I'm dying over here, dude. Thank you for
3: sending that in. Um, given the choice between Charlie Caruso and delicious apple pie from Coco, I think I'm going to go Charlie Caruso.
2: Oh, apple pie. Oh, wait, what?
3: Well, it depends. Is it warm apple pie or like right off the shelf from Kako apple pie?
2: Oh, it's warm apple pie.
3: Oh, okay.
2: Throw it in the microwave for about 15 seconds. Get put a little uh, ice cream on it. Little cool whip. Oh, do, you, dude. do
3: you put your finger in it first to make sure it's not too, too hot?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely.
3: Okay, yeah, safety first. <laughs> still going with Charlie Caruso.
2: Yeah, you don't want to burn the roof of your mouth. Oh, you are?
3: Yes, still going Charlie Caruso.
2: Oh, uh, me too.
3: <laughs> Keep your pants on, big boy. To go a little bit deeper into his question, though, regarding the shared collection. So, yes, Galoobs, LJNs, Hasbros. Remco's. Yes, Remco's too kind of to go into all the stuff that our parents weren't able to buy multiples of everything for, that is what really is the shared collection. And as we've gone on and kind of backfilled in the collection, namely the pillow buddies, those have all kind of still become the shared collection because obviously we can't have two sets of pillow buddies now. So anyway, if you had to pick one thing to pull out of the shared collection and keep as your own, Jeff, what would you take?
2: Um... Well, you have the Remco's. I do. You have... I have the Hasbro's over here.
3: Yes, you do. And but, the LJN's.
2: And the... Well, most of the LJN's. Some of the other LJN's are in that garage. Yes. Um, I would have to go Remco's over at your place.
3: Okay. Over the pillow buddies, huh? Yeah. Okay, now remember, none of our Remco's have accessories. We don't have the jackets anymore. We don't have the pants. We don't have... The title belts, all that stuff is like long gone. The suspenders and the bow ties from the Fabulous Ones, all that's gone. So they're literally just like stripped down figures, no accessories.
2: What happened to those?
3: I have no idea. You know what? It might be in one of the totes out in the garage. I might have saved those. And that's what's frustrating. I was so good about saving accessories, right? Those little Milky Way Christmas tins. Yep. I threw all of the accessories, LJN, Hasbro, all the accessories went in there, except for the Remco's. I have no idea where the Remco accessories went. No idea.
2: Well, you have four days off. You should be uh, jumping on those.
3: Oh, is that what my assignment is? Find the Remco accessories. That's it. Okay. So if I had to take one, you know, my biggest regret in the LJN line is not getting that white shirt or yellow shirt Ho- or red shirt Hogan when we had the chance. Hmm. I think that would be the one I'd pull. Cause that one is my biggest regret. We had to get Tito Santana, but we didn't get the Hogan.
2: Okay. So you would pull the uh, White Shirt Hogan LJN? I think so.
3: That one is my biggest regret from the LJN line that we didn't get. Probably more so than like Haku, because we never got Haku. I would say probably, and even the Red and the White Shirt Hogan was almost like a chase situation, like with the AEW Jazz. You didn't know which one you were going to get. You just ordered that specific Hogan, and they sent you whichever one, talking they being the wrestling ring where we ordered ours from. They just sent you a random and I so wish we had done that because that Hogan is awesome. So that'd probably be the one from the shared collection that I would take.
2: Sting and AEW, I would be all in favor if they did like a Sting multi-pack similar to what Toy Biz did back in the day.
3: You're thinking exactly what I was with that evolution of Sting.
2: Yeah, give us 60-year-old Sting, give us Joker Sting, give us Crow Sting, I mean, which is kind of similar to 60-year-old Sting. I mean, almost the same look, almost.
3: Yeah, but different hair. I Different. mean, a little bit more gray now.
2: And, no, he put sun in it. Have you seen how light that sucker is?
3: Oh, is that it? Is that I, sun in, in his hair?
2: I think it's sun in.
3: <laughs> okay. Now, I think that'd be incredible if AEW could pull something like that off. Like, you've landed an icon, right? You have Sting, and everybody buys Sting figures, right? Everybody loves Sting. I think, for the most part, everybody loves Sting. And you're going to buy his figures, especially if they did something similar, like you said, Jeff, to that Marvel Toy Biz Evolution of Sting set. That thing has only gone up in value since it came out. And it wouldn't even necessarily have to be like a box set like that with the flap in the front. But an assortment of Sting figures in one assortment, that would be outstanding. I'd love to see it from Surfer Sting all the way to current day, like Rucker said, 61-year-old Sting in a pleather black jacket with the bat, sun in his hair. (laughs) I think it'd be outstanding. And look, here's where Jazzwares can actually take a page out of Mattel's book and they can make that sting that Mattel was going to make that got canceled in the Legends line. If Jazzwares wants to make that sting, they can. Put it out. People will buy it for sure.
2: And also give us a better Great American Bash sting.
3: Totally agree with you. Thank you.
2: Do something better than what Mattel gave us, because that jacket, the hard plastic with the frillies that were molded, I don't know, that Great American Bash Sting really bugs me to this day.
3: Yeah, maybe that's where Jazzwears kind of has a leg up on Mattel, or for that matter, anybody that's ever put out a Sting figure before them, right? Because they've seen what they've done already, and all they can do is try to make it better. So given what we've got with the Great American Bash defining moment Sting... I don't see why Jazzwares can't top that.
2: Rucker, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, thank you for your question. Happy
3: holidays, Rucker.
2: Now I have to put in bleeps under the F-bombs that you dropped? Or not. <laughs> Imagine that. Rucker is the first person to drop F-bombs on the show that was not bleeped.
3: Like three times in less than a minute, too. That was an impressive string.
2: Rucker, Merry Christmas, man. Scott, next Question comes in from, actually, one of the winners of the gift cards tonight, Christopher Dean. Christopher says, I was thinking this the last show before Christmas, so I just wanted to say thank you for being the good brothers you are in and out of the Fig community and allowing us to come along for the ride in each week. This has been a rough year for so many, and for me, but for that hour and a half or so, we can laugh and reminisce and enjoy the love of collecting. So Merry Christmas to you and yours, and many thank yous. And on to my question. What figs wrestling and non are you looking forward to getting next Christmas? Take care and enjoy the week festivities, Christopher Dean. So we got to look forward to next Christmas. We got to put on our uh, Nostradamus cap.
3: Yes. And look, barring the continuation of what has been 2020 into 2021, right? We've got a COVID vaccine now. Hopefully that starts rolling out in mass and by like April, May, most of the population has it, fingers crossed, hopefully, and we can start to kind of move past this and recover. Barring a continuation of 2020, we should have pretty much a slew of wrestling figures from Mattel, from Jazzwares, from Figures Toy Company, Boss Fight, Super 7. We should really start getting those kicking into gear here, right? So there's a lot to look forward to. I already said I'm super looking forward to seeing what Jazzwares has on the table for 2021. Just seeing off of what they did on Series 3, Reho aside, I'm really excited to see what <laughs> they bring to the table in 2021. We've got Toy Fair in February, which is probably going to be a virtual again. We've got San Diego Comic-Con. Those are two huge reveals. There's that Las Vegas show that happens around April or May. That usually has some reveals. So we're going to find out a lot about what to expect from the big two, Jazzwares and Mattel, most likely by Comic Con, which is July of next year. But then you've got Super 7 and Boss Fight sprinkling stuff in and Figures Toy Company as well. I think 2021 is going to be an incredible year. I'm, you know what? If I had to pick one, I'm really excited to see what Jazzwares does with the AEW line because we haven't seen their legends yet. Everybody is speculating. Everybody is like 99.999% sure that we're getting legends from them. It's all on assumption at this point, but a pretty strong one. So, I, you know what? I think that's what I'm most excited about. The AEW Legends, will they, won't they? Part two, is Mattel going to bring back the retros? Are they going to cancel the Motu crossover line? Or are they going to continue it in lieu of bringing retros back? Or will we get both? So, I think, for me, those are the two biggest. And then, of course, I want to see where the G.I. Joe line goes for the classifieds. I'd love to have a full list of names of who's coming out next year. So... All all good things for 2021, fingers crossed.
2: Next year, I'm looking forward to Super Sevens' New Japan line. I want to see what Series 3 is going to bring us. It's got to have a Koto Ibushi. I mean, it's just, it has to.
3: Yeah, he's been a glaring omission so far. Yeah, they're only two series deep, but man,
2: he's a big deal. Jay White as well? Yes. So I'm curious what C- Series 3 will bring us. If there is a Series 3, we'll see. We know we're getting Series 2, but let's see what the names are for Series 3. AEW. Man, I I don't want to badmouth them because they are starting to show signs of getting better. But with the first two series, I don't know, Scott. Like, the excitement isn't at a fever pitch with me. Really? I love AEW. I'm excited to get these names, but If I get them, I'm almost like at this, if I get them cool, you know, and I am going to hunt them, but if I don't, it doesn't, with the way they look, I just don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I I just can't explain it dude it's I'm looking forward to newer Mattels like getting newer Mattels that are coming out next year than I am over these AEW figures because it's just they're not maybe because they're not hitting their stride right now but I'm in on them but I'm not all in I guess you could say no is it
3: really the skin tone and the dark circles under the eyes that are
2: throwing you that bothered me for series one and two but with series three it looks like that's been rectified.
3: Right. So that's, we kind of talked about that during the news segment is it really seems like they've made a huge improvement with series three. You can only assume that moving forward, those tweaks are going to continue. So do you think as you are more impressed by the figures themselves, you're going to then be fully invested in the AEW line? You're going to start buying them all up because look, series one and series two are most likely going to go up in value. Right. But those aren't going to be the best versions of those figures that are going to be coming out. So do you want something that's a higher value or do you want a better looking figure?
2: Better looking figure.
3: Completely agree with you. I'm not one to flip figures. If anything, I'm just going to pass them on to my kids and they can do with them what they will. I would rather have, because I'm an MOC guy, even for a loose collector, if I was a loose collector, I'd want the better looking figures. I don't care about value. That's that's not a big deal to me. And maybe that's why I'm so indifferent on the chases. If I have them in my collection or not, I don't care. That includes the Mattels. I don't care. I just, if I want that figure, I just want a version of it. I don't care which one I get. But I think your opinion of the AEW line is going to change as they continue to go on. So when you saw the Bucks, the new one, Series 3,
2: did that get you excited at all? The outfits did. I love the blue and gold and white that they put them in. Oh, so you're not a fan of the sculpts? The faces are okay.
3: See, I'm crazy about them. I love them, dude. Even with Nick
2: looking like Joker, I'm a big fan of the sculpts. I see what they were going for on the Nick, and it came out okay. I actually like the face on the first one, even though the skin tone and uh, bags under his eyes. But the matte, I do agree, is better on the th- Series 3. But it's still a weird look, if you know what I mean. It's not there. Okay. So I I am excited about the Bucks. I am the Darby Allen figure. I agree with you. That is probably going to be on a top 10 list for 2021.
3: Yeah. I'm already kind of constructing my 2021 list based on upcoming lineups and right. what I've seen. And that Darby Allen is, is easily a top three for me. It's, it's incredible. And again, using that as kind of your, your template or even your bar moving forward, you've got to be excited. Well, not you specifically, but you've wrestling figure collectors have to be excited for what the future holds for Jazzwares. If you set that figure as the bar, because that one to me is the most outstanding figure Jazzwares has done to date and moving forward. I think they're only going to get better. And hopefully that sparks your excitement in the line, Jeff, by looking at series three, seeing the improvements that are made that pockets figure. I mean, come on, dude, the hands go in the pockets. That's incredible. Great job by Jazzwares. You've got to be excited about the line moving forward when you see the improvements that were made with series three. Again, Riho aside, maybe looking forward to series four, series five, they're going to make some changes that'll really get you invested. And then by the time they announce legends, you're ready to go, dude. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm all in. I don't care about value again. So I'd rather have a better version of Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, the young bucks. I'll wait for it. I don't have to have series one because it's going to be worth a ton. Don't really care. I'd rather have a better looking figure.
2: It's so weird how you call him Pockets.
3: Okay. Jim Cornette calls him Pockets, and that's where I get it from. Because every time I talk to my co-host on Drunk Wrestling History about him, we when we conversate, that's his name, is Pockets. So I've just gotten in the habit of calling him Pockets. Sorry to Orange he, Cassidy fans, if that offends you.
2: He also breathes. Should we call him breathe? <laughs> he also takes a leak every day. Should we call him leak? He wears
3: sunglasses. We'll call him sunglasses. <laughs>
2: It's just so weird. I, I don't know. I...
3: Well, okay, but his gimmick is he puts his hands in his pockets. Okay, that's one of his gimmicks. But yeah, that's one that's of like his game. big one is he he puts his hands in his pockets. He wrestles with his hands in his pockets. That's that's why Cornette calls him Pockets, and it's hilarious. I just I, I now I have formed a habit of calling Orange Cassidy Pockets. Sorry.
2: I wish my nickname was Leeks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, your nickname is Pie,
2: Caco <laughs> Pie, to be exact. They- <laughs> Thank you, Christopher Dean. Merry Christmas to you and congratulations again.
3: And Christopher, thank you for your text message about the office. And that is, so Christopher reached out to me on a text message and he goes, my favorite scene on the office. And again, you can hit your snooze button on this one, Jeff, is where Pam meets Michael at the airport. Cause Michael is leaving Scranton and technically the show at that point, like it's his last scene on the office until the series finale. He's at the airport. He's going to get on his plane and Pam chases him down. And it's cool because there's no audio. You see Pam talking to Michael. There's no audio, but it's an emotional moment because Michael is leaving the show. And he said that that was his favorite because he listened to a podcast where Pam says, or the lady that played Pam says that she was actually saying goodbye to Steve Carroll, the actor. So they were kind of exchanging their, their goodbyes as actors, not as show characters. And there was no audio of it. So you're left to kind of imagine what they said and they hug and off goes Michael. It's the last time you see him on the show until the series finale. Very powerful moment. So Christopher, I would agree with you. Thank you for sending that to me and kind of making me relive that moment in my head. Great moment on the show. So anyway, that's now what the second or third time we brought up The Office?
2: Yeah, something like that.
3: Okay. Sorry, Jeff. I apologize to you. But Christopher, thank you for the text message and happy holidays to you, sir.
2: Wait, other people watch The Office?
3: A few. Well, Billie Eilish watches The Office, dude. In fact, I just watched a video. I didn't watch the whole thing, but uh, Dwight, or Rain Wilson, the guy who plays Dwight, shows up at her house and gives her a quiz on The Office. She says that she has watched it through from start to finish 12 times. Because I guess when you're a huge celebrity, you have time to go through all of the seasons of The Office 12 times.
2: Who's Billie Eilish?
3: Okay, next question.
2: I know Billie Idol. <laughs> Let's talk about Billy Idol songs. Let's do that.
3: I love Billy. I'd actually way rather talk about Billy Idol.
2: Totally agree with you. Moving on. I'd rather talk about Billy Idol than The Office. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice day to start again. Scott, next question comes in from Josh Thompson. You're
3: ridiculous.
2: (laughs) Hey, Jeff and Scott JT here back with that weekly question. Scott, I have another one for you. This time it is about video games. Have you heard the new wrestling game that's coming out for the Switch in January called Wrestling Empire? And if so, what are your thoughts on it? For some background, Wrestling Empire is made by Matt Dickey, who's made other wrestling games such as Wrestling Empire for PC and Wrestling Revolution 3D. While not as graphically good looking as 2K games, Wrestling Empire's features include a booking mode, career mode, 30 men on screen at once, tons of weapons on screen at once, and free roam outside the arena, which will be included in later updates. Thank you, JT.
3: Wow. Okay, so no, I haven't heard about this. And I usually hear about all upcoming video games, like there's that Retro Mania one coming out, Uh, 2K Battleground has a ton of updates that have been coming through, growing the roster for that game. I had not heard about this, JT. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. I am definitely going to go look that up when we're done here. Um, And to be honest, I don't really care too much about graphics. Yes, they're important. But to me, the gameplay is way more important. So you give me something that's more on the level of like the THQ, AKI games from way back in the day and shoddier graphics, maybe than what we get from 2K. And I'm going to play the gameplay-friendly game way more than I'm going to play the game that looks great, right? I don't really care. I'd rather have something that plays well than something that looks fantastic. So I'm definitely going to be looking up Wrestling Empire when we're done with the show. Thank you, JT. I appreciate that.
2: Now, are you looking forward to the AEW video game? Oh, for sure.
3: Yeah, def- I can't wait until they come out with gameplay trailers because I want to see what it looks like. So, it- look, you give me anything that looks like the Big Four from the late 90s, early 2000s, you give me anything close to that, it's it's going to be a purchase. And you give me the AEW roster on top of that, that's just the cherry on top. It's It seems as wrestling video game fans, we've been clamoring for that game, right? We still want to have WCW, NWO World Tour, Revenge, WrestleMania 2000, and No Mercy. We clamor to get those games back. Those are the bar. Every other wrestling game kind of aspires to get to that. You give me something even close to it. I'm on board. I am 100% on board. If Wrestling Empire is that game, that's great. If it's the AEW game, that's great too. Because you get the AEW roster with it. That's, like I said, the cherry on top. So I'm definitely going to be paying attention to that AEW game. Absolutely going to be paying attention to that one.
2: Dude, you know what's over to my left right now?
3: Um, if you say a warm apple pie, I'm disconnecting our phone call here.
2: No, it's Mr. T and Randy Hogan Funkos. <laughs>
3: the Randy Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> the great value Hogan, if you will.
2: The great- <laughs> what you ordered on Wish and what you got from Wish.com. Yeah.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome. I'm glad you got that, dude. That's such a cool two pack, but I just can't do the Funkos, man. I want to. Much like I really want to do Castle Grayskull and Travis Fowler sent me the link the other day, kind of poking the bear a little bit. There are things that I absolutely want to add to the collection, but I just have to be
2: so selective with it. So Scott, that rounds out episode 257. Okay, we talked about Galoob's. We talked about
3: Remco's, talked about LJN, Hasbro's. We covered the gamut this week.
2: We sure did. Actually, Remco's aren't on WrestlingToyTracker.com, but LJ and Gloob's, Hasbro's, Just Toys Bendem's, Retro's, Defining Moments, all are. So you can go check out the carded and loose prices of those figure lines over at WrestlingToyTracker.com if you are in the hunt for old school wrestling figures. Get The fair market value they pull those every three months, they pull the prices from eBay and put the averages in there. So, check out wrestlingtoytracker.com or on Twitter at toy underscore tracker. Scott Eagle Moss,
3: yes, guys. If you have a pop culture or WWE fan in your life and you're looking for a last minute Christmas gift for that certain someone, check out Eagle Moss. You can give them a follow on Twitter at hero collector underscore. They've got a ton of statues from Star Trek, Battlestar Galactica, DC, and of course, WWE. I highly suggest that Razor Ramon. It is outstanding. But aside from Razor, they have a bunch of other legends and current superstars that you can pick from. And when you subscribe to Eagle Moss's statue service, they will just send you the statues as they're released, and they will send you the display ring to put all those statues in. Again, give Eagle Moss products a look. They are outstanding. You can follow them on Twitter at HeroCollector
2: underscore. The cane one is really good as well. I'm starting yeah. to notice, like, I'm really starting to soften on cane figures, maybe because we got an abundance of them back in the 2000s when he first came out from Jax. A lot of canes. But, like, right now I'm starting to look at, like, the Mattel ones or I'm starting to look at uh, even the Eagle Moss statue, and I'm like, man, these canes are actually pretty good. And I yeah. was and I was never the biggest cane fan But at the same time, I'm starting to look at these figures that have come out of him just recently, and I'm like, these are actually damn good.
3: Yeah, there are a lot of good Kane figures out there for sure. Eagle Moss is no exception. That statue is great.
2: Scott, I want to hit up our podcast buddies, Breaker and Bane. Over there, they do Toy Talk, Wrestling Talk, and they have a guest in each week. We want you to check out our buddies, Breaker and Bane. Merry Christmas to you guys. Also, check out our buddies over at Doing the Favor, Eric and Barry. Check them out. Check out their website where you can find the UPCs, the codes for Brickseek and Popfinder, whatever figures you are looking for. Also, check out Steve and Eric over at the Positively Pro Wrestling podcast. Actually, this week, Steve had Breaker on, Scott. Oh, nice. Steve called me a dick. Oh. <laughs> okay,
3: but was that because of Jingle All the Way?
2: No, he just, Breaker put us over. He was talking very nice about us. And he said, Scott and Jeff. And Steve goes, Well, Jeff's a dick. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you find this funny.
3: Uh, <laughs> I think that's great. You're right, Steve. You're right. Nailed it.
2: Scott and Justin Liger say so. <laughs>
3: Well, I'm glad Justin Liger's living on. That's fantastic.
2: <laughs> we need a figure of Justin Liger. It's just like <laughs> Justin Timberlake's face. <laughs> oh my goodness. Will you stop? Check out the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast where this week on the creator content, Steve had Breaker on. We want you to check out the Chick Foley show on iTunes, and there is gonna be a cross promotion. Coming up in the month of January, we are headed over to the chick fil show and they will also be coming over here in January. So check out the chick fil show on iTunes. You heard that sweet velvety voice earlier, Justin Summers. Check his podcast out at the Wrestling Cheers podcast. We also want you to check out the other sweet velvety voice that dropped a couple F-bombs earlier.
3: You'll bleep those out though, right?
2: I probably will.
3: No, you better not. Don't bleep those out. Rucker worked hard on that audio, dude.
2: By dropping three F-bombs in like the span of
3: five seconds. That's not easy. It's not (laughs) an easy thing. You can't teach that. You can't teach that. It's not an easy thing to do. (laughs) And it was velvety. So leave it.
2: Check out Rucker over at, and Marty over at. Oh, no, Marty, congratulations. He is now a father.
3: That is awesome. Congratulations, dude.
2: So check out Rucker and Marty over at Boots of the Face. We want you to check out our buddy RJ over at Ringside Rant. Our latest show just dropped on Lucha Libre Figures and Facts. You can download that on iTunes as well, or you can check it out on LuchaCentral.com. And Scott, Drunk Wrestling History, go.
3: We are on Twitter at Wrestling underscore Drunk. The episode that dropped this past Friday is The Ballad of Ahmed Johnson. And let me preface that with saying, as I've mentioned on this show, I'm a huge fan of Ahmed Johnson, but this episode is more the rise and fall of Ahmed Johnson. And again, I love Ahmed Johnson. So with that said, give the episode a listen. Give us a follow on Twitter again at wrestling underscore drunk where we are not always accurate, but
2: we're always drunk. Was there even a rise of Ahmed Johnson?
3: Dude, come on. Barring injury, I think that guy was going to become heavyweight champion.
2: Well, correct. He was. He was on his way. I mean, he won the IC belt, okay. but That
3: was a rise, for sure.
2: Okay, it was a, s- a stepping block.
3: Yes, and you could see the build, right? They were putting the machine behind Ahmed Johnson. He was going to be, no offense to Brock Lesnar, the next big thing. He was being groomed. He was being built up to be the guy. And then, unfortunately... For whatever reason, injuries happened and that led to a really overweight Ahmed Johnson in WCW at the end of his career, which is very unfortunate because he was definitely slated for bigger and better things. So again, this is the ballot of Ahmed Johnson or the rise and fall of Ahmed Johnson. (laughs) What are you laughing at? Don't laugh.
2: Okay. So I can't really say a rise because the injuries just kept happening. I mean, I don't know. I just can't say the rise of Ahmed Johnson. Was he a significant figure at that time? Yes, he was. And I'm not talking about wrestling figure, but was there really that rise? Was there really that? I will say there, he was a star, but it wasn't all the way like we thought he could be.
3: I disagree. I really disagree. He, he definitely had a rise and barring injury. He was going to be the guy. Which is weird because you think of the Attitude Era, you think Stone Cold, Mankind, Undertaker, Triple H, etc. It could have been Ahmed Johnson. In the same breath as those names, barring injury, could have been Ahmed Johnson.
2: I still remember when he put his hand through a nail. And that's what I'm talking about. Just
3: his fault or not, freak injuries, injuries happened, and what was to be a big deal ended up just a shell of his former self overweight in WCW at the end of his career. And it sucks because he was being built up to be the guy or at least one of the guys. And he would have been incredible, but and you know, Vince loves his, his muscle bound guys, right? Like Vince loves that. And Ahmed was that, and he could have been a bigger deal. Did he have a rise? In my opinion? Yes. He beat gold dust for the IC title, huge accomplishment, They had him next to Shawn Michaels in certain tag team matches. He was being set up, and yeah, what did he have, like a a crazy kidney injury or something? He was slated to face The Undertaker for the title, was injured right before that, put his hand through a nail on the announce table. Like, what are the odds of that? So, yes, there was a rise to Ahmed Johnson, my opinion.
2: Go check out that episode on Drunk Wrestling History. Also, check out Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling. And every single day, Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds. Scott, roll call.
3: Yes, guys, of course. Jason Wolf. You got to give this man a follow. Check out his art page on Twitter at The Art of Jason Wolf, or you can follow him on Facebook at the same handle, The Art of Jason Wolf. If you are into custom Hasbros, you need to follow Jason. If you need artwork, you need to follow Jason. He's got a website, Doyle, D O Y L E, draws.com. You can get in touch with the man himself, commission some artwork, buy some of his prints, whatever you need. But you gotta pay attention to his social media because he does announce what his next custom Hasbro is going to be, in addition to when that custom Hasbro is going to go on sale. Stay tuned to his social media at the Art of Jason Wolf. And rounding out roll call, we do want to mention the podcast con being put on by Richard Yule. It'll take place from January first through the third. There are going to be a bunch of podcasts. You can listen to them all in the comfort of your own home. Schedule is upcoming. Many of the names that you hear mentioned on this show are going to be a part of Podcasticon. Again, Richard Yule is putting this on. It's a big event. Podcasticon January 1st through January 3rd. We will have a special episode on the history of wrestling figures during Podcasticon that you can check out. And Jeff, that rounds out roll call.
2: What was this? I heard that Taco Bell is bringing back some menu items.
3: So in the month of December, I believe late December, they are bringing back the nacho fries, which have a lot of fans. They're delicious by the way, but the menu item that I'm more excited about Jeff. No, unfortunately is not the Mexican pizza, but (laughs) they are bringing back the bacon club chalupa. It is outstanding. I have been hoping that that was one that they would bring back even as a seasonal item, they are. I'm ecstatic. I can guarantee I will be using the Taco Bell app to place my order for many Bacon Club Chalupas. I won't be doing an eating contest with these as we talked about last week with the taco eating. I will not be doing an eating contest with these, but I will be consuming many, many Bacon Club Chalupas over the course of the next month and a half, guaranteed. And I await on Taco Bell to announce the return of the Mexican pizza, even if it is for a month and I will break my Taco Bell attendance record. <laughs> I will eat Taco Bell every day for as long as the pizza remains on the menu. When they bring it back.
2: I said it before and I'll say it again. You're poor colon.
3: Hey, whatever. It's fine. Don't worry about my colon. It only answers to me.
2: So Scott for episode 257, anything else?
3: Stay safe, stay healthy. Fig life since 2016, And happy toy hunting.
2: I want to wish everybody a happy and Merry Christmas from everyone over here at Fully Opposable. Stay safe, like Scott said. Stay healthy, like Scott said. Thank you to everyone for listening to episode 257. Hashtag Fig Life. Adios.
3: Merry Christmas.
0: Fully bowl, Let's go Jeff and Scott the Tomb Brothers Busting out the ring But we
2: don't take it out the box M.O.C. Happy toy hunting We'll see you next week We're the OGs of WFP